This is the War Room Roundtable podcast, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant businessmen and women on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they've learned on the road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their successes into your life and business. The War Room Roundtable is brought to you by your hosts, Jason Miller, CEO of Strategic Advisor Board, and Philip Llanos, CEO of Own the Rhythm, and former podcast host for Entrepreneur and Inc. Magazine. Welcome to the War Room, Andrew. Andrew, how you doing? Doing well, doing well. Thanks for, for the invite and uh, excited for our conversation today. Yeah, man. Uh, I have here the bio, 22-year veteran of the Boeing company to grow to a low-level executive role. You've worked in entrepreneurial environments pretty much your entire career. We were mm-hmm. talking before uh, we hit record about the photography, uh, that photograph in the back there specifically is one of many you've taken uh, of some awesome, awesome jets. So it makes it really interesting when suddenly... I want to turn around and ask you the traditional question on the show, which mm-hmm. is, do you yourself come from a family of entrepreneurs? No, no, absolutely not. Um, my father was the first person in his family to go to college. He went to Stetson University and did it on a baseball scholarship. He's um, he's in the Illinois State Baseball Hall of Fame um, and was wow. pitcher and captain of his team. So, um Entrepreneurship hasn't uh, has been deep in the family. Matter of fact, when I announced after I got laid off from Boeing that I was going to do what I'm doing today, he kept pushing on me to go back to the corporate world. Matter of fact, he was willing to ship me back to Germany. <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, he asked me what who's the closest competitor to the you know the area of business he did with Boeing. I said, well, it's a division of Lufthansa, and they're headquartered in Germany. Well, have you called them? I said, I said, Dad, you're in your your mid eighties. <laughs> Only forty five minutes away. Last thing I want to do is move away from you guys now at this this point in season of your life, right? So, um, no, I'm I'm a little bit of a I don't know what would you call it, black sheep or whatever. Uh, just uh, you know, out there at the tip of the spear when it comes to entrepreneurship within the company. Yeah, man. You know, it's uh, there's something interesting that happened in the way you just share that. It, are, it sounds like you're close with your dad. Like, like there was a there was a long time relationship. I mean, just knowing that he was willing to, he's like, well, how can we solve this? You know, and he's scrambling mm-hmm. for you, and you're like, hey, man, I'm worried about you. You know, yeah. uh, that uh, he's, he's always wanted to solve problems for me, and I've had to learn in life to sort of push back. Dad, <laughs> I'm not a child anymore. I can take care of myself, kind of thing, right? You're yeah, always, but I know he cares. I know he loves me. I know he cares. I, I you know, I say it with a yeah. smile and just be on my way. <laughs> like my dad said, you're always my child, no matter <laughs> how old you are. Exactly. <laughs> I think my dad literally looks at me and still sees me like I'm <laughs> eight years old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. In some man. ways you still are, you know, because yeah, you're, well, you know, true. you're the child. Yeah. Yes. Um, we don't lose that instinct when you know our children hit 21. We don't lose the instinct. You know, it doesn't check out, and uh, we become something different. It's always with us. Well, my wife always says, "Well, you, you're a boy, so you never make it past the age of 12 up here, anyway." So, 
there's some truth to that for me for sure so you uh so you have these strong family ties they're pushing you to go out and uh, venture off into this other uh part of the world for another stint another career uh stint and then you like you said yourself know that you're the black sheep and you know you're going to do things differently mm-hmm. no matter what everybody tells you mm-hmm. so what happened you is this how you fell into photography or has photography itself been sort of and uh, something that was always part of your life uh it's been part of my life since uh, a teenager so i was um uh, my high school's sports photographer for the yearbook and the hey. newspaper as well as the local newspaper i taught myself how to do black and white film photography which was you know the way it was done back uh yeah back in the 70s or so when i was doing it um and i've just i've loved loved the hobby it's it's just been a hobby for me although people keep pressing me to put it out on the website and sell the stuff (laughs) um which i may do one day but right now i've got other focuses but um it 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 is organically grown. My singing organically grown uh, since my twenties. I picked up the guitar, taught myself how to play it. You know, over the last seven eight years, because I wanted to expand my music capability. So uh, everything I knew. It, so on on the Boeing side, it was on. Um, I built a business from scratch, helping governments uh, with airspace design flight and ground operations, bringing GPS on board and start using GPS as a means of navigation. Uh, the airlines and our customers as Boeing had been buying equipment and weren't able to use it and they were screaming about it. So um, they asked me to build a consulting practice from scratch to go help the governments uh, bring it on board. I didn't know the first thing about airspace design. I taught myself all of it. I pulled out all the books and so forth. and. The second entrepreneurial company that I worked for, uh, once again, I built from scratch software that automated the process of building all these protective surfaces, as they call them, um, that is part of the process of building a safe approach procedure or an in-route airway or whatever it may be. That's part of the the highways in the sky, so to speak, that's up in the air. So everything I've done in my life, I've done on my own, teaching myself. and so forth. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't come across many people that are autodidactic in that way. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really it's really peculiar to have a, a chance to to dig into that. And from what I know, most entrepreneurs, in one way or another, do tend to be self learners, uh, go, going above and beyond to keep learning as part of their lifelong journey. Uh, for you. What is it that drives your learning? Is it just uh, the next opportunity that comes along the way? I, I, I doubt, and I hesitate to say that, given that I know how varied your background is, but in particular with business, what seems to drive your learning there? Uh, it's just developing a growth mindset. And, uh, you know, a big thing for me is is my purpose, is my why. That's why I stuck with entrepreneurship is living out my purpose. Why I think I was created on this earth was to be a servant leader and uh, to leave a legacy, to make an impact in the world. And I think for me, that's the best way that I can do that is to be an entrepreneur. Yeah, man. I mean, building software from scratch and just being in technology in general and mm-hmm. one of the most pervasive uh, industries of 
our lives, which is the travel airspace industry and that is like that all that shapes people's lives and you've been a part of being able to impact that. Is that how you look at it? Or for you was it was just another learning project and you were like, oh, it's pretty fascinating. And then no, what what got me out I have had the blessing of traveling around the world. You know, I got paid to travel around the world and I was uh, a leader on a team to help the Chinese and Russian governments get re- their Olympic Games, the airports get ready for the Olympic Games in Sochi and Beijing. And we enabled Beijing to become the second busiest airport in the world behind uh, the airport here in Atlanta. Uh, afterwards, I think about two years after the Games, they achieved that status. But for me, what got me up in on the bed every morning was knowing that it was enabling a capability for people to travel around the world and to get to know each other better. And what you'll come to learn is that we all put our pants and shirts on the same way. We all have to put food on the table. We all have to have a roof over our head that we are all human beings. And, you know, we the news is full of politics and the military and all these other things. But the reality is when you go just meet the general public, just the people, we're all the same. We're all the same. And to be able to get out of bed and uh, help grow an industry that enables people to hop on an airplane and go around the world and meet other people and have a bigger context of what the world is and what what it means in their own life. Uh, Maybe to be a little bit more educated on things and so forth is only going to make your life that much more robust. Yeah, man. I mean, I know for a fact, uh, Jason shares that sentiment wholeheartedly. I mean, he, you know, multiple decade career as a, as a military personnel, and then, Mm -hmm. you know, decided, you know, I think I want to do something different. Even while he was running businesses, he still had to make that shift. And I don't want to tell a story for him, but I know there's a lot of crossover of what you're saying and how another entrepreneur like Jason. Well, all the people that, all the people that work for me were ex-military. You know, all the experienced people that I hired in in the arena of airspace design were all air traffic controllers that came out of the Navy and the Air Force uh, and so forth. So I have a very close affinity to to the military. So I got to spend with uh, my career with really good people. Patriots that believed in their country, huge hearts and uh, big hearts. Yeah, man. I mean, there's so many parallels to like what you're bringing up with uh, the way you see business that almost everyone we've interviewed, it, Jason likes to say it's a lot. And it's, it's true. You can almost take certain details and just paste them over to someone else. And if they're a successful entrepreneur, it fits. It just mm-hmm. fits. There's something about that story, those qualities. Yep. Uh, it, it's It's a really peculiar thing to see. Uh, again, there's this idea of, like you said, servant leadership, like uh, Jason himself is constantly reminding me of how much he cares about win, 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 meaning everyone at the table is winning, Mm -hmm. right? You can only do that as a servant leader to keep all those things in mind and see how everyone can come out of this better. And so when I think to myself, I have an opportunity here to talk to somebody who has had an illustrious career, a long-term career, not only dabbling in many things in the arts and creativity, but also business. For you, where does the intersection of creativity and business really meet for you? Um, Well, a big part for me in in a lot of my platform and my coaching and what I'm writing, currently writing in a book is about the 
it's not only the overlap of creativity and business, it's the overlap with life as well. And that creativity is a muscle uh, that you have to exercise and everybody has it. Uh, It's just a question of whether you're using it. You know, if you want strong muscles in your body, you go to the gym. If you want strong creativity muscles, then you do things that are creative, whether it's in business or as a hobby or whatever it may be in your life. So, uh, you know, the the intersection, the intersection is if you're going to develop value in the world, whether it be through a business or through your life, then creativity is that engine. When, when you get out of bed and put your feet on the floor, you have the opportunity to create your day, which is just one day out of creating a life for yourself. So how, how important and how strong is creativity in your life? If you can think of it that way, as opposed to going, well, I can never be an artist because I, I can't be a Van Gogh in a week. I mean, that's what drives me crazy with people to say, oh, I'm not a creative person. Wrong. <laughs> you're creating your day every day. You're creating the life that, <laughs> that you want for yourself. You're being creative. The question is, is it in your, are you present in it? Is it in your mindset? Are you thinking about it? Are you being introspective enough uh, about your life? And same goes for your business. It's no different. It's, it's leading, really, truly leading life with intention. Right. With intention, exactly. Intention yeah. is the starting mm-hmm. point of it. It's the starting point. It's the starting point of it. Yeah, man. You know, one of the things I try to tell myself when I'm when I'm doing podcasting is is trying to get myself to understand that every single conversation I have is an opportunity to create an environment for insights, like what was just shared, where mm-hmm. someone someone who may have gotten a little comfortable, as we all tend to do. Could be listening to this in passing and go, ah, yeah, yeah, I need to be more intentional, more present. And then they, then they get caught up in that whole, yeah, I need to be more. Okay, just great. That was that was as far as you needed to go. Now you're here. Now what? Right. So for well, that, let's, let's take it a step further. So, you know, I love to talk about love versus fear. Let's do it. Talk to me. For creativity, <laughs> creativity is love, right? You know, it creativity baths in love. So if, if you um, have fear in your life, it's a roadblock, right? It's a stopper. It's a disruptor. You know, one of the tools that I use with my clients, I take a SWOT analysis and I take the O and T, the opportunity thread out of it and change it with love and fear for your personal life. If you're going to develop a life strategy, where are your passions? Where are your opportunities? Where's your love? Because that's what's going to fuel your creativity and your joy and happiness in life. Whereas fear is that disruptor. You know, we talk about supply chain disruptions or uh, disruptions in the market, disruptions by technology or so forth in the business world. You can take that same analogy move over to your life and it's fear. Where is fear stopping you or disrupting uh, you living a life that's full of joy, happiness, and success in your life. Yeah, that's true. Just before this call, I had I began a practice of journaling. I want to say like three weeks ago, uh, something mm-hmm. I had dropped for a while. But one of the first things was like, "What is your intention for today?" You know, uh, uh, what are you hoping to achieve on a scale of one to ten in these different areas of your life? Where do you? feel uh most fulfilled least fulfilled and all these things taking stock of this 
is something that a, a busy person, which is the four letter word on this show, Jason's like, let's not talk about busy, right? Let's not talk about busy. But busy people tend to avoid taking the time to take true stock and be present and have that intention. Mm-hmm. Is this is this fair to say? Yeah, well, that's where emotions exist is right in the present. We're, we're a conscious being and we're conscious in the present. So the past is just memories. You know, you're bringing forth memories to the present and sort of having that sense of feeling over again, but you're feeling it there in the present. And in the future, you're anticipating feelings like, um, I'm going to go see a movie on Saturday and I'm t- anticipating I'm going to have a good time in this meet in this movie uh, because of the subject matter or whatever. So you're anticipating the feeling. You might be feeling it a little bit, but once again, you're feeling it in the present moment. Yeah. Man. Even though you're anticipating it. It's still right in the present moment. So everything in your life is happening in the present moment. That's where you have the opportunity to take what I call the number one powerful uh, tool in your life, which is choice, to choose how you're going to be creative in the day and and create your day while living in the present, present moment, which is happening at that moment right now, just like right now as I'm talking and being present with you. There's a there's a really powerful uh, theme happening here throughout the day. A couple of conversations we had today also talked about that, mm-hmm. uh, referencing even like the way of the peaceful warrior by Dan Millman and just like that presence. There's a lot of just like I feel like this is the energy that we're trying to push out today, and uh, I'm really glad that we had someone who can articulate it the way you did uh, to really bring it home in that way. Because now that it's here, uh, I want to talk about generate your value. Uh, and, and and what that means to you and what you're doing with that. So the key word here is value. Value comes in different shapes, sizes, and colors. It's physical value, emotional value, spiritual value, financial value. Uh, we could probably do a 30-minute conversation on all the different shapes, forms, and colors that value comes in. And going back to the overlap of life and business, um, you have an opportunity, if you have a servant leadership mindset, to to go out there and create value uh, in the 360 that's around you, regardless if you're sitting being a boss in the office at the moment in the job or at home with the wife and the kids in the relationship, how are you leading your life, thinking about your life, being intentional in your life and so forth that's going to be generating positive value? You know, value is either extracted or it's generated. There it is. You know, so you have you have the fair fair exchanges between the two, uh, which I know Jason's very familiar with, and and how where, where is the value that you're giving in that exchange? And is it a value that's that's either needed or wanted by the rest of the world, right? I mean, businesses, we're out there solving problems, trying to answer needs or wants that are out in the marketplace. And we hopefully find a big enough problem that we can make enough money in a business, grow business to address the needs and wants. Well, human beings have needs and wants too. And so there's things as human beings that we value. And so are you out there generating the value or are you, you know, victim mindset and just running around being toxic and so forth and so on, and just always extracting the value from everybody else and not positively contributing, whether it be in life or in business, how are you generating your value? And that's that's how I came up with the name for the business, the name for the podcast that I do with a co-host. And 
out there trying to help people build life strategies and business strategies that generate positive value out there that others can extract from or even exchange with uh, is going to help move the, for- the move the world forward. How are you doing that? Are you contributing to that? Where are you? Yeah, man. There's something to someone who's willing to give, someone who's generous as a as a leader, who has done the work before they go out into the world. I think it was the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People that said uh, every public victory is first a private victory. Right. And there's, Mm -hmm. and, and it seems like that, like you've done a lot of work on yourself before coming out to the world, espousing ideas. And everyone knows the difference between what you've just shared and Mm -hmm. how, how potent that was. And someone who goes, I'm going to be a thought leader. And then they start posting away on social media and everything else. And you're just thinking to yourself, like, you know, might seem like great ideas, but the way it feels, the way it comes off, the way it comes across, you can tell it hasn't become a private victory first. And it's it's just public uh, uh, content that that didn't have that that depth. You didn't plant a seed mm-hmm. and water it. You bought a plant from the store and threw it at someone. And, and that's, that's literally the difference in what it feels like. And I feel like if anyone's listening to this, they're lucky to sort of be able to get an insight as to this idea of generating value because it's super important that people do that work before they go around saying that they're actually, they have a value prop in their business or what have you. Yeah. So uh, one of the things that gets my ire up in the world is just bad leadership. I mean, I've, I've had to be around it, seen results from it, got laid off from it uh, and so forth. And so that's part of what I want my legacy to be out there is to help build leaders that understand those concepts and that the decisions that they make have impact in people's lives. And so is, is leadership to you just be, I get to have a title in a corner office and make a really good salary and do things for my family. Or are you, is the why, why you're a leader is that you want to be a servant leader and make a positive impact in people's lives. And that's what's driving your decision-making. You understand that love and fear exist in your decision-making, in your life and in business. And are you thinking about that when you make the big decisions? Um, I I had really bad self-esteem in high school and college in my early 20s, and I did the work. Hours in therapy, reading self-help books, practicing my leadership, asking for feedback all the time. I did the work. Um, and, and that's why I'm able to make the statements I do today because I, I did the work. It didn't come naturally for me. I did the work. So are you doing the work for self-leadership first so you can then turn around and be a leader that can make a positive impact on the world and on your business, on your teammates, uh, with your spouse, with your kids, with your community, with your neighborhood? What are you doing? And that's what gets me passionate, as you can tell from my voice. They get on my soapbox and talk about these things because it's like, come on, come on, join the club. Let's go, let's go, let's go change the world, right? Let's do it in a positive way and let's find the win win. You know, are you a leader that sits across the table and you get a new employee and you immediately think of the win win? They're investing their time. And me as a leader and in our business, they chose us as a business. And are you turning around on your win side and helping them to grow as a person and an employee such that together you can get the results that your upper management is looking for? Is that is that your mentality and your tension every day you get, you get out of bed or is it something different? 
Yeah. I, I got to tell you, I could talk about leadership for the next five hours, but um, <laughs> I won't, I won't get on Let's that. Let's do so, it. I won't get on that. So I'll pull out the bourbon bottle. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, this is the only thing I'll say about leadership is there's only three things that I've all that have stuck with me my entire life. And that is if you provide purpose, direction, and motivation, mm-hmm. those are the three key elements for good leaders, leadership, right? And if you're firm, fair, and consistent, mm-hmm. if you're those things right there, you, you will knock it out of the park as a leader. That is, that literally is the military's mantra. What I just said of how they conduct leadership, those six things right there. Mm-hmm. And, but more interestingly than leadership, cause I don't want to get on that soapbox. Um, is this idea of extracted or generated value, right? Mm-hmm. Because I see it all the time where people just take, take, they extract constantly. Mm-hmm. It's a constant extraction from their side. And then they never give anything back to the greater good. And uh, I don't know how many times I've said this over the last month or two, and that is, give value for as long as it takes, right? And be a giver because all of that will eventually come back around in spades, right? Because those that extract, you know, yeah, they might, they may get back, but it won't nearly be on the level of somebody that is just a solid giver and constantly wants to help change leave a footprint not a legacy a footprint legacies local footprints Mm -hmm. around the world and so i like that 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 tie-in that you meant between extracted or generated value Mm -hmm. and and i think we coined something new there (laughs) perhaps (laughs) well just think about the people that uh, motivate you inspire you in the world do you think Mm -hmm. they're extractors no, of course they're not. They're just givers, generators. Absolutely. It's a great Man. conversation. Yet it's, another one we could go down the rabbit hole for yeah. 40 minutes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just just it's funny. I was a long time ago, I had started writing a book that did not get finished, story of everyone's lives, right? And one of the first things I thought about bringing up was related to this idea of like, And I use the metaphor, when you say someone's on fire right now, man, they're on fire. They're literally generating heat, right? They're generating, producing. It speaks to that very thing. And you're either waking up every day looking to generate and create and produce, Mm -hmm. or you're consuming most of the time and looking for other ways to consume while you consume what you're consuming. (laughs) It's a lot of consumption. It's a lot of consumption. I mean, social media is literally designed to keep the consumers busy. <laughs> literally. <laughs> right. Distracted, more like. And, and by the very, <laughs> very nature, that's what creativity is, right? Creativity is the engine or the art, if you will, of generating, generating value, whether it be a product or a service or something artistic or whatever. It's, uh, it's the engine behind it. And the engine behind uh, creativity is love. Yeah. 
which is why you keep keep bringing it back. Mm-hmm. There's really only two paths. You're either you're either coming from a place of love, which if you were to define love as generous, which it usually has that quality. Well, there you are. It's giving, whereas fear tends to be scarcity mindset, and mm-hmm. you know there's not enough. Distracting. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, man. There's. It's funny. We're, we're we basically took the atom and split it and said, "How much further can we go here?" You know. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, these qualities are 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 fundamental to successful entrepreneurship and what that means. And, and being an entrepreneur is more than just running a business. That's why it's called entrepreneurship, but not Mm -hmm. business owner, right? There's leadership that's involved. There's, there's, there's creativity as we talked about and owning a business and being able to, to be a good person in society so that the things that you do sort of go out. And there are people who may start off that way and then get tainted through their success or what have you. So it's really refreshing to see the level of integrity that you're bringing to what you're doing. And I want to roll out the red carpet. Where can people, preferably in your in the way that you prefer, uh, where can they connect with you uh, and learn more about what you're doing? Uh, the best place is my website, www.generateyourvalue.com. Um, my co-host, Zach Levy, and I are about to crank up season three, mid-September of our podcast. Once again, called Generate Your Value. It's out there on all the major platforms if you want to keep hearing conversations like this one um, out there about life, leadership, and, and business. Um, so those are the best ways to connect with me. If, if you're a photographer, you can go you can go see my stuff on my Instagram page at Airspace Dude. Yeah, man. Uh, with that said, there's really only two pieces of business left on this show. Uh, the first one being, if you could go back to your younger self and knowing what you know now about let's just say even uh, when you first started doing this work you were talking about how you know the self-esteem was at an all-time low and and but you decided to step into the feedback Mm -hmm. loop but knowing what you know now being on the other side what would you say to someone who is where you were once uh, kind of doubtful in fear if you will how can you show them the path to Mm -hmm. love yeah, it would be it would be a conversation centered around love and fear, but more more importantly about the the word power. Um, when you're living a life of fear, like if you have a bunch of fear or self esteem issues, and you're worried about what other people think about you, you're handing your power to to other people. You know, fear is causing you to do that. Whereas if you're living a life of love, then the power sits within you and inside you and uh, you're making the best out of your most powerful tool choice to go after the life that you want for yourself. And, you know, if you only have one thing to teach people, just that, what is that one thing for me? That would be it. If somebody asked me, what's that one thing? If you can only teach people one thing, what is it? That would be it. That's pretty interesting, man. I literally had a dream uh, upon waking. All I recall was my dream saying, Oh, you know, uh, we should have got him started on power a long time ago. So it's really, it's really odd that, yeah, that you bring that up. Uh, it's definitely something that I'll pay more attention to. Uh, with that said, before we go to the grand finale, I want to mm-hmm. check in with Jason. Yeah. The, this, this whole, I'm telling you this whole concept of, um, extracted and generated just got my brain going wonky <laughs> right now. Um, just thinking about it. Cause it's, uh, it's a great way to look at it, right? And it's it's a great way to look at 
not things through just a business lens, but a life lens Mm -hmm. too. Right. And especially in a life lens, because you look at, you know, so many struggle with this word work-life balance, which I don't think really exists anyway, but um, because it's more like a marriage (laughs) than it is a a balance. Um, Because anybody that would say that they're their personal life is perfectly balanced. I'd probably call him a liar. <laughs> well, not probably. I would call you a liar just because life isn't perfect, period. No. Right? So, so why would you expect it to be perfect on one side and, and you know, on, on either side, right? Because you have two red curtains. You have a red curtain behind your business and a red curtain behind your personal life. They're both at times complete chaos. If you open mm-hmm. them, it's like a freaking circus and you go, Oh crap. Yep, <laughs> let me shut that up right now. Mm-hmm. Right. But that that's just life. And you know, the idea that if more people would just give instead of take, um, we can move know, the world. We, we could, we could really move the world. Right. And we're in a kind of a dark kind of weird time still right now. Mm-hmm. It's not as bad. I don't think, but, but it is still kind of angry and, you know, I don't like going downtown. I stay Lots up on fear. my mountain most of the time, but I mean, you're at a, a red light and it turns green. And if you're not moving in like 0. 0.2 of a second, everybody's honking at you. It's like, Jesus, <laughs> man. Run, run, running your butt over. <laughs> Holy crap. Have some patience, brother. Yes. Follow me to Starbucks. Buy a drink, right? Yeah. Buy a well. I'll buy you a decaf. Something. Jesus, pull over. Let's have a glass of scotch and just chill. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. but but no, you're doing great work, and and just keep doing that. Keep going. Keep keep changing the world in your way, my friend. Mm-hmm. Man, there's something so true about what you said with the stoplight and how people respond. I've been on both sides of that, right? I've had my days where, and the minute I do catch myself doing that, I go, hold on, Philip. Like, first of all, they don't know what the hell's going on in your life. Mm-hmm. They're not responsible for mm-hmm. you being late or you being tired or you being yep. sleepy. The only person's got to answer to that is you, you know, and I check myself and then sure enough, there's an old lady across the street. Uh, someone's following me too close and all the things. But now that I have my self-awareness back, I'm like, all right, cool. And then there's the other side where you see someone acting that way and you're driving right behind them or what have you. And you see them swerving lanes trying to get in front of somebody and they can't. Uh, it's just an interesting thing to observe in human behavior, how yeah. we I, could I, exist. I saw- I stop yelling at them. I just say a quick little prayer for them, hoping that their day gets better. You know, sorry. You're, Seriously. Sorry, you're in that mode. You're in that. <laughs> That's all you can do. It's, I hope it gets better your, for you, right? It's your day. You're in control mm-hmm. of it. So you decide what it's going to look like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I've, I've seen it all. I was at Starbucks the other day and someone was like, uh, exasperated that there was a line at Starbucks and they're like, this isn't a McDonald's. You know, why are people getting food? And I'm like, look, if you needed coffee that bad, you should have made it at home. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but I couldn't believe it. Cheaper for you too. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, it's the, that kind of thing, man. But uh, with that said, the, the, the grand finale for all the marbles drum mm-hmm. roll, if you will, uh, if you could have invited anybody here today, uh, to contribute to the conversation, Andrew, who would you have, who would you have 
love to have invited ideally and why them? Uh, I would pick Steve Jobs. Um, you go back to our, our entire conversation talking about creativity and innovation and so forth uh, in the business world. I don't know what his personal life was like, but in the business world, uh, he's just a phenom. I would love to sit here and just pick his brain, you know, because when you talk about the different color shapes and sizes of value, he always had that in his mind. I mean, when you look at computers, there's the functional value, right? You know, does it do spreadsheets and word processing and all those type things we take for granted today? And that's where most people focus. And you spent so much time on the look and feel of the computer, even the way it was laid out inside the computer, which, you know, 98% of the customers would never look inside of. I mean, the books I've read the tension to detail that he had because he was trying to generate as much value in the product and in the brand. You know, when he uh, just watched the six minute video last night on a speech he gave after he came back to Apple um, and what he wanted to do with the brand. And he actually talks about what I just talked about that we're we're not going to sit here when we're talking about our brand going forward, talking about the computers and the, functionality. No, we're going to talk about the fact that the reason why Apple here is to work with the great innovators in the world, the people that actually change the world. And subconsciously, he was saying, we're going to do that because that's what we do as a company and a brand. And we want to be in the same room with all the other people that think that same way and are innovators as well. That's what, that's our why. That's what we're here is to be innovators. Period. You know, yeah, we happen to be in the computer industry business and so forth but the the end of the day we're an innovator the way we things do and our brand is and and that's the way we want to think and that's the people we want to surround ourselves with out in the world the other different brands you know nikes of the world that were the innovators and shoes and whatnot that, that live out live out their why as an innovator and do their brand messaging as as such you know the just do it campaign as opposed to getting in the nuts and bolts of a nike pegasus running shoe or whatever right it's no it's just do it it's more about the human beings and being athletic and so forth and just going out there and doing it but all of our videos are about runners and so forth but at the end of the day it's also a mindset we're going to keep pushing you just just do it do it in your life we're going to be part of it. We're going to be on the athletic side of your life, but in all parts of your life, just go, just do it. And, no, and right, that's man. what the brand and the message is about, you know? And I want to say that the tagline was think differently or something like that. Um, when he, when he came back and what the, when they started doing the brand messaging again, it was about think differently, be innovative, be creative. And that's why <laughs> those companies are so successful and the huge brands that they are, because they think that way, as opposed to getting into the tactics and the nuts and bolts about their product and service and what differentiates them. It's about taking it to a higher level and building a brand that's around their why, um, as opposed to the, the nuts and bolts of their product and service. It's a fact, man. I mean, uh, I I second everything you said. I, I think it's it's powerful because most companies don't approach their marketing and their messaging and their branding that way, right? Like at the time, everyone was saying, "Oh, you can have a 
uh, a device that'll play uh, that that has up to 300 megabytes of storage and this, this, and that. And mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, what does that mean to the everyday person? Where well, they're the followers. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Apple was like 3,000 songs in your pocket. That sounds a little different. There's a there's a purpose behind. You don't what know. We you don't know that you have that need or want. Exactly. <laughs> and we're not going to tell you that you have that need or want, but we're just going to kind of subconsciously, you know, let you think about it. And when you're ready, we're ready. We're here for you. When, when, when it finally hits, after we planted the seed and you think about it, you go, darn, why didn't I think about that? (laughs) It's the perfect conversation of sales actually. Yeah. Because, you know, like you take, they played off the emotional side of everything, Mm -hmm. right? Where yeah, everybody value else, to the table. You know, everybody else always wants to play off the logic. Nobody cares mm-hmm. about logic. Mm-hmm. You got to win the emotion first. The logic comes when it's in my hand and I get to mess with it and all right. the things and all right. that stuff. Now it's a logical tool. But before I got it, it was like, you know, it emotionally jazzed me up, right? Because of the mission of it, right? Was this, 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 and this, and this. There, every good uh, company always ties, they always tie it to something good, right? Mm-hmm. Whether you're saving puppies in Afghanistan or whatever the hell it is you want to do, right? But that's what connects with people. And then they get the thing, and then the logic kicks in. They're like, oh, okay, I can text, I can talk, I can, you know. But once again, it was intentional, though. It was intentional. You were thinking about that value. I I just had this conversation with one of my advisory groups, uh, you know, discussing value chain and strategy and so forth and saying Mm -hmm. about this whole conversation that there are different types of value. And I pulled out examples of a couple of businesses around the table and said, all right, let's talk about the value chain in these two businesses. What, what, What is the functional or logical value, as Jason was saying? And what about the emotional value? You know, they don't necessarily walk, walk out with it. It's not in their hands. You know, if you're in the medical field or the service field, but what was the emotional value delivered during their visit? Did you make it easy? Were you easy to talk to, you know, airlines, airlines is a commodity business. They compete on the emotion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I don't know. All airlines understand that. Definitely not. I was just waiting for somebody <laughs> to say it. Right now, but, you know what I'm saying is you got to think of the different sizes, colors, and flavors of value and what, where, where, where are you going to deliver? Are you going to be single-minded and only one, or are you going to think about the big picture and the eight or nine or 10 that you could compete on and make yourself unique and, and really be competitive in the marketplace? Because you understand value comes in so many different ways. Again, uh, people can visit you at Mm -hmm. generateyourvalue.com. You've got a podcast, uh, continually putting out conversations like this. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be checking it out myself. And uh, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. I'll, I'll let Jason close this out, Andrew. Yeah, gosh, what a great conversation. I think we coined some new phrases in this podcast today which is great you have to go back and and uh 
Listen and, to it three uh, times, listen, right? Listen two or three times. <laughs> and if I tell you right now, if you're listening, you didn't get something out of that, we'll just pack it up and I don't know, <laughs> go to Canada or something. I don't know. They don't understand English. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Absolutely. But hey, thanks for being here. Appreciate thanks for the invite. I had a great, great time, and great conversation. And sharing that that value. Yeah, it was a great time for sure. Cheers, man. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the War Room Roundtable with your hosts, Jason Miller and Philip Lanos. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates. And always remember, if you can dream it and believe it, then you can go achieve it. We'll see you in the next episode.